0: Yeah, they were talking about they were talking about how the when the tractor itself was invented, it, it, it people talked about how like oh my gosh, this is gonna it's taking away so much um, of the human mm-hmm. aspect of farming and 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 but at the end of the day, somebody has to drive the tractor, so you're not really uh, taking all of the humans out of the equation. And and the picture that they kind of painted in this video is that this tractor is an evolution of that, and it's not mm-hmm. that the farmer is doing nothing at the very least you're monitoring this robot. Like right. you're monitor, if you, and if you have three of them, um, they sort of painted this picture of like, you could be plowing this one field with your, like the tractor that you're driving, but you have two others. One of which is like watering the crops in another part of the field. And another one is like spraying the dangerous pesticides mm-hmm. that, um and, and this was a really good point that like, now you don't have to have somebody driving that, Tractor with the with the dangerous chemicals.
1: Hello, and welcome to Talk a podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brandon Black, and in today's episode, we're talking all about one of my favorite topics of all time, automation and agriculture. To help me talk about this topic, I have an old guest that has come on and talked about a few different things before, uh, you know, anything ranging from uh, dinosaurs to robots. And because of that topic, he's uh, a pretty well uh, in the ballpark of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, that would be Lou, of course. Lou, go ahead and introduce yourself to the crowd once again.
0: Hey everybody, uh, my name is Lou. I uh, host a podcast called Robots vs. Dinosaurs, uh, which I like to describe as a, a science fiction, philosophy, and comedy co- podcast. Um, we talk about mo- movies mostly that um, feature robots and dinosaurs. So Brandon, you've been a guest on my show before, and we've talked about a dinosaur movie and a robot movie. Um, and yeah, I'm excited today to talk about uh, automation and robots in the real world.
1: Yeah, definitely. So this topic first actually got brought up uh, on this show a while ago. Now it's been almost two years since the first time we talked about uh, automation in agriculture. And in, in the first episode I ever talked about this, I jokingly said that it's not just as simple as you have Wally going in between trees, picking oranges, as cool as that would be. Um, but we do have a decent amount of automation in agriculture that is somewhat similar to what we're seeing in some of these movies about robots. Um, so I think that the, before we get started, I'm, I'm kind of just curious. Uh, so I had you watch a video that, you know, we actually covered on a previous episode of this show. Um, first of all, what'd you think of the video? And second of all, before watching the video, what were your perceptions about automation, agriculture and robotics and agriculture?
0: Um, yeah, it's, I, so I watched the video about the Monarch tractor, the automated, uh, tractor that seems so futuristic and cool and i was surprised at the end when they were talking about like when is this going to be available mm. um and it and it dawned on me and they said it out loud that all of the footage that they had shown of the tractor was real footage um and they pointed out that you know with a lot of times with speculative technology with um uh, companies that are developing prototypes and and selling them uh you know for use in the real world they'll use these like cg models or cg videos of the of the models in action or of the thing in action, um, and I realized, yeah, oh my gosh, they've been showing me real footage of this thing this whole time, actually out in the field, actually interacting with people. Um, so I, I thought that was like it was really blown away when they said it's available this year. This is something that exists right now. Like you can buy this and have have this on your farm immediately if you if you if you can afford to. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was really fascinating.
1: Yeah. And and did you, you know, before seeing the video, did you know that this kind of technology was being used in ag today or was this kind of like a new experience for you?
0: I really didn't. It's when you say, um, you know, they can't do anything as sophisticated as, as picking oranges. It's not Wally going into your orange trees and picking, picking the oranges off of them. Um, it, I will say, I, 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 I don't know what exactly I was imagining, like to what degree, a farm could be automated, but I do think somewhere in my head, I had a vague image of it, like literally picking the crops (laughs) and putting them in a a basket or something like, like a bin on its back or something like that. And I real, I'm glad I watched this video because I realized it did dispel a little, a few of my, my preconceived notions Mm. um, that I did kind of maybe overestimate a little bit, like how sophisticated it would be. Um, But the things that it can do, I'm glad that like, my my super futuristic, my very unrealistic notions were dispelled. Cause the things that it can do are super impressive anyway. Mm. And I was I just I'm excited to talk about like some of the things this tractor can actually do that I wouldn't have thought about them because I was thinking a little too too sci-fi about it. I was thinking a little too wally about it.
1: Yeah. No, we're not quite there yet in terms of the, you know, more advanced robotics and, and technology, but we're getting there. Um we're actually kind of what i always like to say we're in a unique position as a generation because we're getting to watch a new revolution of agriculture happen right before our eyes mm. um, and i don't think we talked about the revolutions of agriculture in the last episode i had you on for um i talked about them a pretty decent amount They're something i'm really interested and excited about so i'll give you another brief explanation uh basically the first revolution of agriculture was the you know invention of agriculture it was the mm. the movement from hunting and gathering to cultivating crops in a domestic way um, and then like, we didn't have a second uh, generation for like years. That was like kind of the invention of, um, more modern tools. So like tractors are kind of in that category, but they're like late, late, late second, uh, second, um, revolution, uh, early second revolution was like the first plow, a lot of like earlier, like farm tools, um, that we see today on like the larger scale and then tractors kind of came in later. Um, the third revolution actually just happened during the uh 1950s i want to say uh it was like early you know or I, i would say mid you know mid 20th century um in the the third revolution is also known as the green revolution that was the introduction to like chemical pesticides and fertilizers and like a lot more like chemical type ingredients were added to our farming practices and then now we're getting into this new revolution. So I kind of like to say that we're in the, the middle of a fourth and fifth revolution that are happening almost simultaneously, but separately from each other. Uh, the fourth revolution I always like to say is the automation revolution. That's the one we're talking about today. Um, it's, it's one that takes agricultural technology that we've known about for years. You know, we ha- We've had tractors for a while now, and we've had other technology like this for a while now, irrigation systems and and sprinklers and you know all kinds of stuff like that, and we're expanding into something so much more than we ever thought it could be. So in that category, we have self-driving tractors, we have drones, we have precision agriculture, we have uh, cow fitbits as a whole thing that we can go into uh, milking machines. Like there's so much added to this. It's like, you know, it, that look on your face is, is that kind of reaction. It's like, I never would have thought that would be a thing, but it makes sense that it's a thing. Um, yeah. Wait,
0: can you tell me a little more about cow fit I don't want you to just breeze <laughs> past that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that that's one of my favorite ones, is which is why I threw it in here. Um, so cow fit bits come in a few different forms. They can be a collar around their neck. They can have an actual like uh, like watch style thing around their around their leg, or they can have an ear tag that um, that connects to a system. And basically, all three of these function very similarly, which is they track the. Number of steps that cow takes, the number the amount of water it intakes, the temperature and um, heart, uh, heart rate of that cow, uh, the amount of activity it had that day, if it's eating properly, if it's sick, if it's pregnant, all that kind of stuff. So, whenever it comes in to get milked, they monitor all that. And if it's not as usual as it should be, they try to figure out why. So, basically, it helps mitigate illnesses in, in cattle that we would not be able to properly see until it was too late. So, like a cow might have some kind of you know, cold or bug that's going around that we don't catch until they're already about to die. So this kind of helps mitigate a lot of that issue. And it's the technology for it's advanced quite a lot. Like it used to be very primitive, like these massive bulky collars that just kind of weighed the cow down and they didn't really like them very much. And the the readings on them were just kind of accurate. We've got a really, really down pack now. So especially with the ear tag ones, cause now we have these scanners that connect straight to our phones. We can just scan the ear tag and it tells us all the information right there. We do not have to like, you know, punch it into the database or anything. It just sends it all for us. So it's, it's gotten very advanced.
0: Hmm, that's amazing. So would you say that all of the, all of the Farming revolutions that have happened are like inspired by, or the, or maybe like a result of some new technology, some new piece of equipment that's that's introduced to the world at large. But like farming finds a a a use for it, and that changes everything.
1: Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry, my throat's been having issues all morning. But yeah, no, that's definitely the case, man. That's definitely the case. It seems like whenever a new revolution of agriculture comes out, it has something to do with a new technology, a new practice, some kind of new innovation that, like you said, is introduced to the world at large, but agriculture finds a way to make it unique to their practice. And we've had technologies introduced in the past that haven't created a new revolution, but it tends to be the case that if if a new technology comes in that completely changes how at least some level of the industry functions, then it becomes a new revolution. Um, so we had like the green revolution where we had chemical pesticides and, and fertilizers introduced, um, did every farm adapt to those? No, not necessarily. We have plenty of farms that don't use those, but enough farms did start using those that it became a revolution. You know, it changed so much of the industry that there was a new category of job in that industry that required, you know, to, to exist, to be able to, to supplement that, that degree of, of the industry's evolution. So, Hmm. With the automation there and you know revolution, there's been a lot of new technology that's ca- kind of caused this massive boom of of change in, in the agricultural field. So you have like the, like drones were a, a big part of that. That was like a really early development in automation agriculture, and like the cow fitbits were another thing that came pretty early on. Um, and like a lot of these technologies are things that we talk about now, and they're so so much more well refined now. But when they first were introduced, and like this happened probably a couple of decades ago, I would say they were kind of flying under everyone's radar. Nobody really knew they were happening. And almost it's for the best because they were so primitive and so bulky and so uh, inefficient compared to what we have now that they really didn't serve a, a proper purpose in an automated agricultural world. Now they flow just as smoothly as technology we see in our own lives, you know, self-driving cars and we have drones that can, that can you know, record and, and you know, fly 300 miles an hour, or whatever it is. Like we have like extremely advanced technology that can do crazy things. And it's being used on the farm in ways that we don't even imagine it being used here. Um, to give you an example of one of my favorite, you know, instances of this is, you know, using those drones and in precision agriculture, we can actually have a drone fly over a field and it does um, a, a massive scan. It can detect heat signatures to tell where all the bugs are at, where they need to be sprayed. It can detect moisture levels in the soil and tell, you know, where which crops are getting water properly and which ones need more water or getting too much water. It can tell what the like nutrient composition is of the soil to to tell you like if the crops are going to grow properly in this area, like the the amount of precision we've gotten down to, um, is really, you know, for one, it's amazing, but for two, it's, it's exactly what agriculture has needed over the past few years, because we're, we're getting to a point now where we're in desperate need of an ability to grow food without wasting resources, because we don't have very many resources to waste. And as the population rises, the amount of food we're going to have to produce is going to go up too. And we really need to be able to grow food as efficiently as possible. And we really can't mm-hmm. do that now without our new technology that we've been developing.
0: How, how is the, how is a drone flying overhead able to tell you the like density of the soil and nutrients in it without like taking a sample of the soil?
1: So the, the drone mostly is, is there to monitor, um, like micro or not microbial, um, uh what you call it like like living organism activity so that's that's more on the pest side of things but we do have like uh like scanners and monitors in the soil that can detect that stuff and shoot it up to the drone and that kind of gives a a whole so precision ag is more than just like one piece of technology that's monitoring all of it it's more like Mm -hmm. you have a bunch of moving parts that all work together and then they all talk to each other and and kind of get a, a full picture of what's going on
0: that's really cool yeah that's so that's another like way that i wasn't thinking about i was thinking of like a, ro- a robot that <laughs> does it all like it has arms that can grab things and it right. like does all of the functions um i wasn't thinking of like the symbiosis between different mm-hmm. parts of it sensors that you have that you have because one thing that they mentioned in this video that i thought that was exactly what you're talking about like um that dispels the the crazy sci-fi way i'm thinking about it and it is still a crazy sci-fi thing they were talking about Mm -hmm. like a a vineyard and how the tractor can be like going in between the the lanes they call them lanes Mm -hmm. um in the vineyard but the there are if you build sensors up to a certain height or i don't know if they were talking about sensors but like something that recharges the battery Mm -hmm. or like let not recharges it lets it basically run on Sort of like a bumper car, like on an electric track, or like a, like an electric subway car. Like it basically, you you if if the farm they said the farms of the future will have these things where like they're built at a certain height so that the tractor can go through and not not use up its battery power, um, and just have yeah having all of those things around your farm, in addition to that support the robot farm tractor is really how it would all work together Mm -hmm. um and i just man i just think that's so cool and like could be i could see how like revolution is the right word to use for for (laughs) how this technology will change everything in farming
1: yeah definitely and that's a big thing that like i i really appreciated about the videos they really captured the idea of you know technology and agriculture is not a one-size-fits-all solution and and that's it has to be the case because agriculture is such a diverse industry that has so many different things that could go wrong because for one it's mm. dealing with the environment and for two it, even if the environment was a consistent factor that didn't change every crop every animal every style of of growing is going to be so different and the soil is going to be so different that you can't just have one piece of technology that can do all of it you know you have to have a lot of you know a lot of pieces to the team that are all working together to make sure that that product gets grown to to the maximum efficient efficiency and to the best product quality it can be um, so, you know, the, the, a good example of that would be in the video, they talked about agrovoltaics you know, this whole idea that you can grow food based off of the amount of energy you can produce and that you can use electricity to power your farms, uh, and that electricity can come from how the food is grown. Like there's a whole like symbiotic relationship happening between, um, like solar energy and crop growth. And like, uh, in, in the video, they used the example of having solar panels that could, you know, basically monitor the the amount of light that the crops are getting and then move to protect the crops from getting over you know oversaturated light and then collecting the rest of it to use to power the farm. Um it's mm. a very, very new idea. That's kind of one of the newer technologies in the the uh, like ag uh, the automation revolution in ag uh it's one that i'm kind of excited to see how that turns out and just in general the the use of renewable energy is kind of something that's being played with a lot right now in ag they're figuring out how to take methane from cows and you know like whenever cows uh you know produce manure they they take the methane from it and they can actually convert that methane into a usable energy source um Mm. so there's a a lot of innovation right now in Converting what we would usually consider a useless or wasted product and turning it into some kind of energy source that we can use to power something else. So, our ultimate goal right now with this old, with this whole automation uh, revolution is to try to get the farm as self-sufficient as possible. And disclaimer: I mean, this is a big thing. Like a lot of people, when they hear when they hear me say this, are like, "Oh, so they're just trying to make it so farms can run themselves, so we don't need farmers anymore, or so farmers don't have to do as much anymore." not at all the case. It, it sounds like that. and I understand where they're coming from with that. But you can never properly remove humans from agriculture just because of mm-hmm. how inconsistent it is. You can never properly assess every possible variable. And at the end of the day, you know, agriculture is still a, a business. You know, you, you still have to have some level of, of economic factor involved as well. So you're going to have to have humans involved to some degree. Um, the automation is not there to you know, because farmers are lazy and they don't want to do the work. It's not there because the farmers are trying to, you know, take less, you know, take more off their plate. It's more so. Have you ever played the game Stardew Valley? No. Okay. So in that game, it's, it's very, you know, you, you have a small farm, but the the trick of the game is like for the first like year of the game, you're trying to figure out how to, Run your farm and go talk to the city people and go to the the mines and go mining for for ores and like trying to manage all of that. But also, you only have a limited amount of energy and you have a limited amount of time. And, that, and you know, mm-hmm. as it gets later in the day, you will pass out if you if you work yourself too hard. So it's okay, the, it sounds like Harvest Moon. It is a lot like Harvest Moon. Yeah, it's, it's based off of Harvest Moon. So okay, um, okay. It's, it's that similar idea of like you have to try to balance your tasks for the day with your energy level and with the amount of time that you have. Um, and farmers do that on a daily basis. That, that's one of the mm-hmm. most accurate parts of Harvest Moon is that, you know, it accurately portrays the, you know, too many things to do and not enough time to do it mentality of agriculture. Um, and so this automation, the, the, the biggest advantage to it is it gives farmers that time to do some of the other stuff that they don't have time to work on. Um, so it's not like it's, you know, we're going to have massive self-running farms. It's more like, okay, that yeah. massive part of the farm that we would usually have to worry about is taken care of. So now we can worry about this other massive part of the farm.
0: Yeah, they were talking about, they were talking about how the, when the tractor itself was invented, it, 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 people talked about how like, oh my gosh, this is gonna, it's taking away so much um, of the human Mm -hmm. aspect of farming and, 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 but at the end of the day, somebody has to drive the tractor. So you're not really uh, taking all of the humans out of the equation. And, and the picture that they kind of painted in this video is that this tractor is an evolution of that. And it's not Mm -hmm. that the farmer is doing nothing at the very least you're monitoring this robot, like right. you're monitor. If you, and if you have three of them, um, they sort of painted this picture of like, you could be plowing this one field with your, like the tractor that you're driving, but you have two others. One of which is like watering the crops in another part of the field. And another one is like spraying the dangerous pesticides that, mm-hmm. um, and, and this was a really good point that like, now you don't have to have somebody driving that, Tractor with the with the dangerous chemicals in What I assume and I've never really thought about this before so maybe this is one of my questions um, Like that tractor driver would otherwise have to be in some sort of protective gear or like driving it in a way That they're minimizing the exposure of those chemicals to themselves, which might overall reduce the efficiency of the whole entire endeavor so like the fact that you could be you could be doing one thing on one one acre of your farm And then another acre is taken care of by another automated tractor and you have an app where you can monitor its progress or like, frankly, the thing that they kind of didn't talk about as much, because of course they're trying to sell this tractor is that it's going to break down. Like it's going to run into problems. It's going to get stuck in mud Mm -hmm. or there's going to be something that the tractor runs into that, like a human driver could have avoided, but because it's automated, it didn't see it coming and it got stuck um and it's going to need a human to come and intervene in some way or rescue it in some way and get it back to 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 functionality to get it, get it operational again um so yeah there's no there's no way we're, we we i'd say not in our lifetime there's no way we're going to see like an entire farm where the farmer is just sitting in a room like pressing buttons and and viewing monitors like right. they're going <laughs> to still be doing something they're going to see it's a symbiosis rather than yeah. a replacement right
1: exactly no you're absolutely right and it, it goes back to that original idea right of everything on a farm has to be communicating working together for the farm to function properly so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that the farmer is you know just going to sit back and watch necessarily it's more so he's adding more members to his team that he's going to have to talk to and work with and that just so happens that they're robotic um, but, but like you mentioned, you know, in the video, they, they talk about that idea of, you know, even though you won't have, you know, somebody driving this tractor, you're still going to have somebody operating it behind the scenes with a, you know, with a remote of some kind. Um, maybe they can operate more than one tractor at once, which would cut down labor costs. And we're having a massive labor shortage right now in agriculture. So that would be a, a, a basically a, a miracle of, you know, of, a, of an invention if they could do that. And one of the biggest things that i've seen as well you know in addition to what you mentioned about people being concerned about you know taking the 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 farmer taking the human out of the agriculture is that like a lot of people have been concerned about you know as we create more automation in agriculture we're taking jobs away from people you know they're saying Mm -hmm. like well if you you know take the if you take the driver out of the tractor then you know what what are we going to do with all of our tractor drivers and where you know they're not going to have jobs it's like for one there are a lot of jobs on the farm they can find something else to do Right. Like it's not, it's not as simple as like their only job is to drive that tractor. There's plenty of other work for them to do for two. They can still drive the tractor they're just gonna be driving three other tractors using a controller now. Like it's gonna mm-hmm. be, their job's just gonna be moved to a different position. Um, and for three, like I mentioned, we are having a massive shortage of jobs. So it's not necessarily like we have an overabundance of employees and we're not gonna have anywhere to put them. It's it's more like we need more people to do this stuff, and since we can't find them, we're we're upgrading the technology to take over our lack of of help. And then we also have the whole idea of now we have a market that is encouraging people to get jobs in technology in in invention and innovation and all that kind of stuff, because this is kind of the connection that I always like to use because this connects agriculture to um, like the non-agricultural areas, because now we have, you know, an opportunity for computer scientists, for uh, for engineers, for, you know, all kinds of new uh, career, you know, choices to go into agriculture instead of, you know, other typical technology based companies that they would go into, which are way more mm. competitive and they're going to have a hard time finding, you know, you could be an engineer for Tesla and, and hope that you get that job and then hope that you're, you know, even close to on, on, on their level, or you can go build autonomous tractors for this farmer over here who desperately needs your help. Um, so it, it creates a whole new market for for jobs, it creates a whole new, you know, relationship between the, the you know, the producer and the consumer um, and at the end of the day. I mean, when we invented the tractor, that took a lot of jobs away from people who were just, you know, pushing plows by hand. So, I mean, I think that we're always going to have, to have that position of as technology advances, jobs are going to be lost. But that requires everyone in the society to advance to a new level of understanding. is that way they can accommodate to new jobs that are going to be created.
0: How? Yeah, it, it kind of changes the culture like mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, too, because it's like you you only think about... People going to work on a farm if they kind of grew up, either they grew up on a farm themselves, like it's in their family, or if they live somewhere very rural that you know has farmland, and and it attracts um, or you know provides a lot of the labor in that in that region, so it attracts like people to work on on a farm. But like yeah, it like to your point, there there are people that coming in from other sectors of the labor force, like people that their entire skill set is technology maybe you know troubleshooting like working on electronics programming coding and that they could be exposed to this whole other world of farming and interact with people that they never really interacted with before because it's a it, it seems like a completely different field um and yeah it will it, it'll completely change the culture how long do you think until there are uh like country songs about you know my my electric Tractor don't run out of juice. Um, my, <laughs> the sun the sun went down and my tractor don't run.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we're still gonna it's still gonna be a little while before the country music scene catches up with that. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, that that's a whole other topic. But unfortunately, yeah, uh, country music's not quite as connected to the farm as it used to be.
0: Yeah, it's even now it's really not mm-hmm. right. It's more it's more in it's more pop. Right. I mean, this is. Is, we're not we're not here to review country music, but like that is. A good point that like it even even now we're, we're kind of already it, it is kind of absurd to be resistant to this technology and like solar panels and like this type of technology when we're already at a point where like things are so uh, so revolutionized by technology mm-hmm. things are so advanced a lot of things are automated how many how many farmers right now use like a hose or or the equivalent of a hose to water their crops and don't have some sort of sprinkler system, right? Right. Like, is that even a thing?
1: I mean, unless you're, you're growing a really small garden garden, I don't see that happening very often or unless like a sprinkler breaks and you need to run a hose over to that small area, but more often than not, yeah, they have some kind of irrigation setup. They have a water Mm -hmm. truck going out there if absolutely necessary. Like they have way more efficient ways of watering their crops than, than, you know, dragging a garden hose out there and just doing them one by one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So no, it's 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 absolutely true. I mean, as we're seeing this this technology advance, and as we're seeing methods you know improve, and and just the general culture around agriculture expand, we're starting to see this you know kind of change. And this is why I call it a revolution. You know, we're seeing this this massive shift in in how we view growing food as a society. I mean, not just from the agricultural perspective, but for consumers who understand what this technology is doing, they have this this better appreciation of oh. Farming is not as you know primitive as I thought it was. You know, a lot of people have mm. this idea that farming is so simple that it's just you know one guy going out there and he milks one cow with a pail and he has a cornfield and like that's it. And when you show them that you know this this farmer over here, he doesn't look anything like that. He has excuse me he doesn't wear overalls. He's wearing a you know plaid button up and he's wearing you know he's wearing like a nice like a nice suit and he's he's you know operating a tractor using his his ipad you know Mm -hmm. or he's uh like he's he's watering his crop sure but he's doing it using you know irrigation that reaches farther than you can see or he's he's not just milking one cow with a pail he's milking hundreds of cows using a robot that can do it way better than he can and makes the cows feel better about themselves and so there's Mm -hmm. like when when you start to introduce people to that idea they start to realize agriculture is not this you know rural like laid back lifestyle it's actually a lot more advanced than that and it's actually agriculture is keeping up with our technology in the in the more uh what I don't I don't mean to say civilized what, what's where I'm looking for more more urban lifestyle um but not only is it keep, keeping up with that it's actually in some ways you know advancing past what we have in in urban technology at, at the moment
0: that's yeah They they talked about how
1: designing
0: the AI um, protocols and everything for the tractor is actually is, it's more challenging in some ways than designing AI for a self-driving car that's gonna be on a road because mm-hmm. you have to think about like the uneven terrain of like you know a hill that just has more dirt piled up here has like rocks and gravel um, that it might run into or like just I mean well a car on the road has to worry about this too but think they talked about like a fox jumping out of a bush mm-hmm. um, and and how you know it might have to also like it operates on, on much narrower lanes um because they said this thing is only like th- uh, like three feet wide basically it's like 1.1 1. Yeah. 1 meters wide uh which yeah it's incredibly small um but it, it kind of needs to be right like what's how 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 wide is a crop field usually
1: well, it depends on what crop you're growing. So the mm. the monarch tractors are mostly used in vineyards right now because the uh, inventor is from you know kind of like that that vineyard area. Uh, okay. You know he he mostly operates in a lot of like grape based um, industries. So it, it makes sense to have a smaller tractor for you know vineyards because they have one of the most narrow lanes of most crops. Um, mm. If you're going for more like trees, if you have like oranges or walnuts or pistachios or anything in that regard, their their lane's going to be a a bit wider. Um, I would say, I don't know what the actual. I think it depends on the operation, but they kind of have, you know, different different lane sizes depending on the crop and depending on how they want to, you know, irrigate and all that kind of stuff. Um, I believe for tree for like tree nuts, it's like I want to say 10 feet or something like that uh 10 or 15 feet in 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 distance between each each lane i could be completely wrong in that i'll have to look it up um Mm -hmm. but you know that would require a a tractor that's not quite as as narrow you know you wouldn't need like a three feet a three foot wide tractor you may need like a five foot wide tractor or something like that Um, it would just depend on the operation and what they're trying to do with that tractor Um, because you also have to you know uh, take them into consideration that with with a tractor that small, it's not going to have the most horsepower in the world. It's not going to be able to pull you know massive rigs behind it. They can you know spray or do all the things it needs to do. It can pretty much just just pull the small ones that are used in like vineyard kind of operations anyways. So mm-hmm. the the thing with Monarch is that they are such a new company. They've only been around for about three years, and they are you know a fairly small staffed company. So they're they're rapidly growing, but what we're seeing is kind of the earliest development of what they what their potential could be. So they're starting off with technology that really benefits the vineyard area, but they're really looking to expand to larger crop operations and more common types of crops like pistachios, like almonds, like walnuts, that kind of stuff, and adapting technology that can fit the bill of what those operations would require.
0: Yeah, they um they they kept talking about how like driving through tall grass is a challenge.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um
0: but I, I maybe I missed something, but I didn't really understand why like that's an that's an added challenge for the tractor.
1: Well, for one tall grass kind of can uh be difficult because it doesn't um it's difficult to see the, what the train's going to look like underneath it. So it could just be another uh... like it's rocky or it's muddy or it's you know it's it's difficult to to kind of gauge what the train's going to look like. Uh, and plus, if it's tall enough then it might like, let's just say the tractor is uh, using some kind of like sensory, you know, like scanning feature in, in like in the front of it, it might not be able to see properly because of the grass in the way, and um, the grass could get caught up in some of the, uh, you know, some of the stuff inside the tractor that might cause some issues. Um, there's a variety mm-hmm. of reasons the, the tall grass might be an issue it just kind of depends on what the you know, what the tractor's trying to do at the time. Um, but it it just with any kind of train like that, you know, where there's unpredictability, it's going to cause issues for something that relies on precision, um, which is, you know, like you mentioned earlier, one of the reasons why they struggle so much with tractors versus like, you know, autonomous cars, which. There is a bit more of an advantage to, to producing an autonomous tractor. You're not having to worry about speed limits, so you can kind of, you know, make it as bulky as you need to. So there is that you can kind of play around with the opportunity of like, okay, well, we're not gonna be on a road, so we can make this thing, you know, whatever we need to make it and it's not gonna have to violate any road you know laws or anything. So there was that advantage, but there are the environmental factors that make it so much harder to, you know, to account for just because the environment's unpredictable. You know, it's nearly impossible to yeah. predict everything that the tractor is going to have to deal with at that time.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean it seems like that'd be a problem for a human driver as well. Like if you're driving mm-hmm. through tall grass, you might you might run over a, a rabbit or something that like you can't you just can't tell that it's there. Right. Um and the the autonomous tractor is going to have the I'd, I'd say the same problem in that scenario as a as a human um with our limited eyes. In fact, in, in some cases, you might be able to build a sensor that like senses yeah. thermal signatures or something that yeah. we you know, it's even more advanced than what our eyes could
1: yeah i know that yeah. monarch was talking a lot about their integration of precision technology with with this with this tractor um, mostly on, like on the agrivoltaic side they're talking about you know the the precision of like detecting when crops get enough sunlight and that way they can have the the solar panels move to adapt you know to attract the rest of the sunlight so that the crops aren't getting oversaturated so like mm-hmm. that kind of precision agriculture is definitely useful but i could definitely see further down the line, some kind of advancement to have tractors that can detect heat signatures so that way they can avoid, you know, hurting any animals that might be in the way, or, uh, they might be able to detect like, uh, moisture levels in, in the soil. That way they know, okay, well, this area is too muddy. The tractor is going to get stuck over here or like, mm-hmm. you know, I would definitely I could definitely see that becoming a possibility. Um, as far as I know, that's not what they're working on right now, but, you know, like I said, they're still very early in development with this technology. It could be, you know, just a couple of years and they can have that kind of stuff, you know, fully planned out.
0: Yeah. One of the, one of the benefits is it doesn't have to go as fast as, uh, like, I don't know what the top speed of one of these tractors would be, but it doesn't seem like it ha- there's any need for it to go more than, I don't know, 10, 15 miles an hour. Um, which is you know that just generally makes it a little bit safer too because i was thinking about they showed uh they were talking about its its ability to detect when humans or animals are nearby so it doesn't run it doesn't run them over Mm -hmm. um and they kind of demonstrated that where it was uh behind this person that was walking and it had this green light that like eventually got too close and it turned red and it just stopped entirely um and i was thinking about how like that is that's great that's very comforting that it has that but Mm -hmm. that's also another failure point where um you you know there's no there is no way we're taking humans out of the equation because at some point your tractor is going to detect something it thinks is a person it's going to stop moving it's going to refuse to move it will not do its job and you have to go out there and deal with it and tell the tractor that's not a person uh in some way you have to like deal with it interact with it correct the the issue Mm -hmm. um, and let it get on with its with its work with its you know um and that is of course technology that can improve but i don't i think we're at a point where like that's that's going to be one of the challenges like Mm -hmm. failure points that are built into it for safety and good and thank goodness we're doing that but that also does increase the probability of it not functioning 100 percent the way we wanted to all the time
1: right no exactly i mean it's it's always ironic. People are like, "Oh yeah, let's you know." As we automate things, things will get more efficient because robots don't make the same mistakes humans do. And in mm-hmm. reality, that's not the case. I mean, he, robots make the same mistakes humans do all the time. Because for one, our brains function very similarly to a, how a computer's brain works. And if it's not something we recognize, it's going to be difficult for us to function properly. Same goes mm-hmm. for you know for a computer. If it doesn't recognize something, it's not going to function to its code properly. I mean, yep. You know, or my, it could
0: be so focused on one task that it misses something right in front of it.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, like my phone you know, has a, has a face ID scanner on it. So it's supposed to be able to identify my face. That's how it unlocks. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at my phone and it hasn't recognized me. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that there's anything flawed at the technology, it's just that there's always a margin of error when it comes to any kind of precision or detection type technology, just because that's just how it is. You know, it can mm-hmm. never be perfect because things are gonna be, you know, dynamic. The, the, the environment is never going to be consistent enough that it's gonna have the right answer every single time. Um, so, you know, you're absolutely right, there's going to be some issues along the line with that kind of stuff that's going to have to be mitigated to some degree by the human operator. Um, and I think that's, you know, in my opinion, a good thing. It gives us some, you know, some level of control over the operation without having the, the risk of, you know, people being like, well, you know, they're, you know, it, it's all just you, you're, you're sitting back running an RC car, basically, you're not actually doing anything. It's like, well, no, if he's not there, that tractor is going to hit something that it really does not need to hit. So, you know, you mm-hmm. need to have somebody there monitoring it and making sure it's not doing anything wrong. And that way, if the tractor doesn't pick up on something and the human sees it, they can just hit the stop button and and boom, you know, they're, they're able to, to stop any, any potential casualties. Mm-hmm.
0: And they were talking about how they implement things like gesture controls into mm-hmm. it so that a sensor is sort of monitoring you. And I, I di- again, I wouldn't have thought about this unless I watched this video. Like a, 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 a farmer driving a tractor for hours and hours and hours, their arms are going to get tired from like <laughs> dealing with rough terrain mm-hmm. and just trying to hold the wheel steady so like to keep it on a straight and narrow path. For hours and hours. Like that takes a lot of physical effort. Mm-hmm. And so they talked about like how, th- you know, that's, there's a human cost to that, there's a physical cost to that. And you're going to get tired and fatigued. And having, so I thought this, like the fact that they thought about that and they implemented these gesture based uh, controls into it where you could just move your arm a certain way and the tractor goes that way. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, there's probably a lot of other cool things that you can control it doing. Um, the other side of that, is it makes, makes farming more accessible because mm. somebody that previously could not physically drive a car for whatever reason or operate a vehicle for whatever reason would be able to do this job now because it's gesture based. It doesn't require that, that physical upper body strength or mm. anything like that. It just requires you to know, know these gestures and know how to interact with this piece of technology.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that, you know, you, you bring up a great point now that open that opens up the opportunity for uh, people to work in this field that typically wouldn't wouldn't have had that that access, you know, it kind of expands our, our market a little bit more as well it kind of, you know, connects us with people who typically may not have even had an interest in what we're doing. But they're like, Oh, you're gonna let me drive a tractor when I can't even, you know, I can't even properly drive a car, then I'm, I'm you know, I'm all for that. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to you know that that's an interesting, interesting perspective. I hadn't really thought about before. Um, but no, that, that's really cool. I mean, one of the, the, one of the things I'm excited about with this tractor is that it just adds so much potential for, uh, customization, you know, to agricultural operations. You, know, you, you have, like, like you mentioned, you have so much more opportunity for, you know, different types of people to be able to operate this thing. You have so much opportunity for, uh, different types of, of, you know, integrations of this technology with other technologies, um, like you know, self-driving tractors are, are gonna be mostly used on crop operations, but I can see them being introduced on like the animal scale as well. Um, maybe you even have like a small version of, of a tractor, like some kind of drone or something like that, that just, you know, r- drives through a lane and can scan all of the cow fit bits on on the way to the, to the milk barn and gets all the information for you. Um, it seems like there's a lot of potential for expansion here, uh, which is, again, you know, why going way back to the beginning of the episode, I, I called this a, a, a revolution you know, in agriculture because it does something that we typically would, wouldn't would not believe was possible in agriculture. You know, it, it makes things so much more efficient and so much more effective that we, you know, we can focus on other issues now. You know, we can we can put our energy towards other things that we need to solve on the farm.
0: Hmm. One thing they mentioned is that the. Um the tractor tractors, like n- modern tractor and tractors now need to be heavy. Uh, and mm. they said that like this, this being an electric tractor, you would assume it's lighter. Um, but the battery's really big. And I, 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 th- I think that they assumed that like anybody watching the video would understand or know that with without explanation, but I'm a city boy. Um, <laughs> why does it, why does a tractor need to be heavy?
1: Uh, mostly for the train issues, like I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, if, if, a if a light you new know, vehicle is going over this like bumpy train, it's probably gonna get knocked around a lot. There's probably gonna be some issues involved. Um, it might, so flip over. Over. it might flip over, it might, you know, like there, there could be a lot of issues with the, with the center of gravity on it. Um, so mostly for stability reasons and also if it's gonna be pulling a, a trailer of some kind, so if it's gonna be pulling like a spray rig or if it's gonna be, pl- you know, pulling something that's gonna be, need to be going through these fields, um, it needs to have a certain amount of weight to it, just so it can pull this thing. Cause if it's too light, it's not gonna be able to, to muster up the horsepower to really get this thing moving at all. Um, uh-huh. so it's, it's more so for structure and, and for, you know, for security to make sure it can properly, uh, do its job. Um, it's not so much like there's, there's not like a, like a weight limit for it to be considered a tractor or anything like that. It's, it's more so the, the, the pro- proper functionality of, of the vehicle. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's the same reason why like a truck is more desirable to pull a trailer than like a, a Prius, for example.
0: Makes sense. <laughs> yeah.
1: So do you it,
0: think? Uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, I, I was just I I was just gonna say ho- hopefully that kind of clears that up.
0: Totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you think um, like what do you think is like the minimum amount of uh, I don't even know the right way right to word this question, but like how how big do you does your operation need to be? before you would need one of these tractors?
1: Um, that's really hard to say. Uh, I think it would depend. <laughs> My kind of go-to answer with anything in agriculture is it depends. So it's that's kind of... Right. Um, but with this kind of technology, it could definitely... Hold on. Sorry, I had a cold like two weeks ago, and it, it's gone now, but like the the congestion is still there, so it's kind of annoying. But anyways, yeah. um, with this kind of technology, it would heavily depend on, for one, the, the amount of employees you have on that operation and also what the operation is. Um, so like for a crop that's really easy to manage, like corn probably wouldn't need it necessarily because corn is pretty easy to to harvest. It's pretty easy to grow. You don't really need someone to, you know, pull a tractor through their 24 seven to spray it or check on it. It's kind of just pretty good on its own. Um, if you have, you know, just a few employees, you can get that done pretty easily. Whereas like, you know, like an orchard, like trees or, or like a vineyard, a little bit, you know, more maintenance to, to be done in that kind of operation. It, it requires a bit more care. So maybe, you know, if you had uh, a bit of a shortage on employees, you might need, Uh, tractor for that for that but or one of these contractors for that but it would it's difficult to say like what size it would have to be to to require this kind of thing because it's not so it's not so much the size of the operation it's more so the size of your team um to to be able to to functionally you know do this um because of the price i would say that it would be a wise choice for for most kind of moderate size operations and moderate size can and it can vary depending on the area of the country that you're from. Um, but like, I would say anything over like a hundred acres, I would probably go with, go with this kind of technology. But again, that depends on what you're growing. You know, I like a hundred acres of corn and a hundred acres of walnuts are two very different types of operations. So they're going to require mm-hmm. very different types of technology. Um, so that, that's kind of a hard question to answer because it's so situational.
0: Okay. Um, i I think I only had one more question okay uh which is um are you does it concern you at all that the name of this company is the same name of the evil corporation from Godzilla <laughs>
1: monarch uh, i I actually hadn't even considered that, but now that you mention it <laughs> no I mean that the Monarch is a great company. I've actually spoken to them a little bit about this technology. So I got to kind of get some insight into, you know, into their minds, which is really cool. Um, they're, they're a fantastic company. So I'm very excited to see where the future of of their ideas go. I think that they're kind of, you know, the first stepping stone in in a long chain of new innovations in agriculture that are going to ultimately make food better for us and, and make farming easier for, for the producer. So, um, no, I, I think that there's, there's a lot of, is there potential for this to go horribly, horribly wrong? Sure, that happens with anything. Um, mm. but I, I have faith that, that's actually a question that I always ask um I guess when it comes to technology too, is like, are you fearful of this? Is this an issue that, mm. like, do you think this is gonna cause some issues down the line? And more often than not, people are like, no, technology is a good thing. Like, this is gonna be a, a good thing in the long run. And I'm I'm pretty much on the same boat.
0: I think it's gonna be a good thing. I mean, there is there's always the possibility of this fleet of tractors combining into a megazord becoming like <laughs> mecha godzilla and that's been uh, monarch's goal this whole entire time but that's that's highly
1: unlikely um you know and- <laughs> if that happens that's the way i want to go
0: <laughs> honestly yeah it'd be cool it'd be it'd be the most rock and roll way to way to get way to die um and i'd, uh, and I'd, I'd be grateful for the opportunity to see it yes uh, but yeah no i do think everything that they're doing is really cool and like I like their head seems to be in the right place. They talked a lot about solar technology. Mm -hmm. They talked a lot about, you know, like gas emissions. Um, And I I, I do think that solar technology is something that uh, we all need to be focused on, whether you're in agriculture or not. Um, It's just just something that like it's so the benefits are so obvious Mm -hmm. and the 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 negatives are so hard to find. <laughs> uh when you're making a list of the pros and cons of solar energy. Yeah. Um the, I just think I just think it's something that we all need to be steering towards that 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 technological future. Yeah, and I like and, that this excuse me, this is something that um well it's not solar powered, but like I could I could see a version of this tractor that in the future that like get it gets and it has a solar panel on top of it mm-hmm. and while it's out in the field it's just recharging itself as it's driving.
1: Yeah, uh, or you know,
0: so maybe that that might be decades down the line in advancement, but I think it's probably something that they're probably one of their goals is to mm. make this thing as energy efficient as possible, right?
1: Yeah, that actually, that, that is something that they're actually working on right now is trying to find a way to make it more, mm. uh, more energy efficient, and actually providing the ability for it to have some kind of solar, you know, rechargeability as it's driving and it wouldn't necessarily make it, you know, completely energy efficient in the sense that they could just run forever off of that solar panel, but at least, you know, put some level of, of efficiency on the battery. So it's not running out every, you know, whatever, I think it was like 10 hours it runs, maybe it could run for 12 or 15 now or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, that, that is definitely an advancement in the future that they're trying to work on. And I agree with you, solar is a big thing that is definitely um, important to, to put a lot of our eggs, you know, that's a basket, I think we should put a lot of our eggs into. Um, and it's something that is becoming more and more popular in the agricultural sphere. So I'm hoping that that kind of sees its way into the urban side as, as well. Um, just because it is, you know, there are so many advantages to it, like you mentioned. And I mean, it kind of, you know, goes back to my, my original statement about this whole automation revolution, um, it really, the, the benefits to this are so, you know, so clear because, you know, this, this new technology is beneficial for the environment it's beneficial for our relationship with, you know, with the, with the environment, and also with the consumer, you know, it creates such a healthy, you know, bond. It's it, again, symbiosis, it all goes back to that, you know, everything mm-hmm. has to work together for this to work properly. And I think this is one of the best ideas we've had to kind of make strides towards that potential. Um i don't know maybe maybe i'm maybe i'm a little too optimistic because i really like tech but that that does seem to be kind of the the case i think that we're we're heading down the right path
0: Mm -hmm. well i think i think more the more um just as time moves on like the the younger generations that are getting into or taking over these industries are taking the the things that they've learned you know with them into them Mm -hmm. so like a lot of younger people are a young mind is going to be more receptive to the idea of an advancement in technology like like solar power mm. so if they're if they're going to grow up like learning about all the benefits that that has and then they end up going into farming they're going to bring that knowledge and that that level of thought and intelligence into it and they're going to change the industry mm-hmm. so no
1: absolutely and that's a big you know we're, we're having a really hard time right now getting younger generations involved in agriculture and i think that the integration of technology is going to be one of the biggest things we're going to be able to use to mm-hmm. properly get them to to find an interest in it finally
0: yep yep
1: so cool. i actually have some questions for you before we close out all, all right. right um so the first one uh what kind of so if you were to like invent your own um agricultural technology what would you want to see in the industry
0: oh so so something that is uh something that like replaces a current piece of technology or sure it
1: could be that it could be an addition to a current technology it could be something completely out of left field and you know like something that like like a, a, a treadmill for cows or something like that you know just something like completely like it could be whatever you what you know something you think is practical something you think would just be kind of fun or something that's kind of cool uh whatever you think you know w- would be an interesting thing to see hmm
0: okay what about like uh what <laughs> i'm sure that there are i'm sure that there are farms in like parts of the parts of the country or parts of the world where like the weather is not that great and uh the cows like maybe have to be cold for part of the day or they have to you know be exposed to unpleasant weather like rain or something like that for part of the day um so something something that would allow them to stay indoors when the weather's not good maybe like something that i feel like i'm just talking about like a tarp or, or like...
1: like a barn, <laughs> a barn.
0: A barn. <laughs> um <laughs> but maybe i don't know maybe something that has like like the ability like a roof that can retract uh so that this is a bad one i want to i want to do i want to I want a different one <laughs> i want to come up with a better one
1: okay <laughs> No, I mean, um, that's an interesting idea, like an adaptive barn almost that can like open up when it's sunny outside, and give them some some chance to breathe a little bit. And then if, if it starts getting too cold or if it starts raining or whatever, it close up and, and contain them. That'd be kind of an interesting yeah. idea.
0: Yeah, because I think about like a like cattle farm or like a dairy farm where they're all, you know, I've just seen like the Mr. Rogers version of it where they're all mm-hmm. just sort of lined up in these pens and they seem to be hooked up to things. And it seems like they don't have a lot of s- space to move around in. Um... And so I'm sure part of their day is that, but then part of like, after that, they get let out in a field to walk around or something, Mm -hmm. but that, that part of the day where they're like confined in a really small pen and are, are just hooked up to a thing, like maybe milking them for several hours or whatever, um, that can't be super pleasant and that's got to be really boring. So maybe some sort of like screen that they can view (laughs) that, that make, makes it like a virtual... Uh, field that they're looking at and they think that they're out in the field and you can you can adjust the um the sounds and the weather conditions inside of it so it feels like they're outside uh maybe or maybe just like a vr headset
1: <laughs> i love that i mean i'm yeah as i'm sure you you've learned by now cows are my my favorite i'm a big big fan of cows so anything that would make a cow's life better i am all for uh so vr cow headsets i like it you have to probably have to adapt it so that way it can fit around their, you know, because their eyes are on the side of their heads. So you probably have to adapt oh. it to their head size, but that would be, yeah. I mean, yeah, give them give them a nice pasture to graze in while they're. You just see them milking; they just like start, you know, bending down trying to bite the ground. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some drawbacks to this idea. I don't want to trick the. I don't want to
0: trick the poor cows.
1: Yeah, but I think that, I think that's, that's a lot of fun. I like that idea. Some kind of like adaptive environment for cows, I think would be, or just for livestock in general, some, something that can kind of give them a little bit more, you know, change of scenery, you know, from, from what they usually see.
0: Yeah, because ultimately the goal is we want to have cows in space and this, <laughs> the only way we're going to be able to do it is that we can recreate some sort of virtual environment for them while they're hurtling through the, the dark void
1: of space Exactly in a, in a okay. ship. Yeah, health. Yeah, We're gonna get a cow it. over the moon. That's, I mean, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. no, I love it. Um, so moving on to my next question. Uh, out of all the stuff we talked about, all the different types of technology, the stuff that we talked about with Monarch, uh, the the revolution as a whole. Uh, what was your favorite thing that you either learned about or something you already knew? Something that you you know we, that you even you brought up. You know what what kind of what was your your most excitable point in this whole talk?
0: that's that's an easy one it's it's the um the idea of the solar panel that like during the during the day it's just collecting energy from the sun and everything um but but it's also like it i mean it's kind of the retractable barn thing like it's retractable in a way where there are crops that need sunlight in the morning and so the panels can go up and let the sun you know let, let photosynthesis happen and then they at like noon when the sun is too hot and it would bake the plants or evaporate them the panels go down and so it's providing shade but also collecting solar energy i just love the the idea of that and the efficiency and the multi-purposeness of it um and i just think that's a really cool thing
1: yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. That whole the whole study of agro agrivoltaics is getting so advanced, and it's so interesting to see. Um, we're gonna see stuff like that advance like way 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 more down the line. But we're gonna see a lot of new integrations of that kind of technology as, as we progress as an industry. So I, I would agree with you. That's definitely a really cool part to see. Nice. Um, and then finally, did this. The video or our talk today or you know just the the introduction to all this new technology, did this change your perspective of how agriculture operates?
0: Yes, it did um yeah, like I said i was I was picturing like a wally with articulated arms <laughs> or something uh literally picking apples off of a tree and throwing them into the back of its loader um and so this this helped me look at what are the more realistic advancements that we're making where are we currently? and um and what are the things that are impressive and cool that i wasn't thinking about uh so this definitely it, it made me it made me more plugged in and a little more grounded and a little more like realistic about about technology and agriculture and i and i appreciate that i i got that update on my current notions
1: nice yeah i actually i wanted to to fill you in when you mentioned wall yeah I, again i just remembered um there's actually a company that i think you're going to want to look up because they're kind of fun uh, it's called the small robot company. Um, they're an agricultural-based company. They produce robots that are used in in fields, and the robots all do different things. You know, you have uh, they all have names. One's uh, Tom, I think. One's Richard. One's Wilma. Like they they all have like little personalities and stuff. And like Wilma's like the operator, she runs the whole operation and like Tom and Richard, they go out there and kind of, you know, spray or they go collect information or they go water, you know, they do whatever they got to do. But it kind of like, that's like the earliest steps towards like that wall, e idea If you have like a little robot who has a fun personality that goes out there and kind of does the work in the field. And the whole reason that they decided to name them and call themselves a the small robot company, is because they wanted to be more. Uh, approachable for like consumers they wanted people they wanted like the average person to trust you know that we have robotics and and, and technology and agriculture that's not dangerous and it's not going to you know hurt you it's it's all good stuff um so we don't have wally right now but we're actually not not as far away as you think it from from what it seems like
0: yeah i'm looking at tom right now on their website um Mm -hmm. tom is cute yeah he doesn't have a little
1: face or anything but he's
0: cute yeah
1: so it, it adds some level of personality, some level of relatability. So that way, like if you know, if they got if they got big enough, like you know, they could be driving down the street and some kid in, in a car could be like, Hey, that's you know, that's Tom. He's a small robot, you know, like just kind of like a fun little thing like that. Um so yeah, that 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 you just you reminded me of that. I was gonna bring that up earlier I completely forgot. But um, yeah, so the small robot company. I've shouted them out before, I'll them out again I shot them out because I, I think they're doing great stuff over there and they're kind of a, a really cool idea. Um but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting world to live in right now as we see advancements in this technology and as we see the progression towards a more automated future. Um, and as much as I would love to have Wally in the ag world, it's probably going to be a little while before we get to that level, but we're still getting to see some pretty incredible stuff. I mean, stuff that I never imagined I would see in my lifetime is is very much, you know, happening right before our eyes. So it's kind of, it's kind of a cool place to live right now.
0: It is cool. It's very cool. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So that kind of wraps up all my questions. Um, I don't know if you have any other closing thoughts, but if not, then I'll just kind of let you uh, remind everybody where they can find you and, you know, go ahead and plug all your stuff and, and just, you know, let everyone know who you are once again
0: awesome uh yeah thanks again for having me on today this was this was really fun and very um very educational for me uh <laughs> so i really appreciate that you invited me to talk about this topic with you um yeah i am i'm lou i a- again uh have a podcast called robots versus dinosaurs and Brendan has been a guest on that show um so you can go back and check out our our episode where we talked about Wally, and uh we really went into like a lot of future of um, technology and and you and how and how accurate that movie might be from a speculative standpoint Um, so you can check out our conversation on that and I have uh, like over 80 other episodes at this point I've been doing the podcast for a little over a year and so there's a lot of a lot of movies that we've covered a lot of TV shows that we've covered Um, so if you like robots and you like dinosaurs and you like sci-fi in general uh, you should check out my podcast
1: yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll put all the links down in the description. I uh, definitely would recommend you guys go check it out if you're into robots or dinosaurs or if you're just a, a science nerd like like, uh, like Lou and I here. So it's just a, a, a very fun podcast to go listen in on and just kind of get a good, um you know, kind of gets your brain tingling a little bit. It gets you thinking about some things that, you know, you typically wouldn't think about on your average day. Um, but it's a you know, whole lot of fun. I definitely enjoy being a guest on there. So I'll put the links down in the description so you guys can go check out Lou's show um thanks again for joining me for this episode it was a lot of fun i hope you you know had a pretty good time uh, talking about all the different robots and, and technology that we're doing today in our in our farming world um but yeah i think that kind of wraps things up on my end so thanks again lou for being a great guest thanks to all the listeners for tuning in and for all your support over all these episodes we've been doing for the past three three and a half years man it's crazy to think about mm. um but yeah thank you all again. thank you thank you yeah we're coming up on four in april so it's going to be Fun time. But um, thanks again to all the listeners. I'll catch you all next week. And don't forget, if you wait today, thank a farmer.